Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unaired, the show where we take TV shows that were canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how we think they could have continued. I'm Ed, and guess what, guys? Burn, burn it, burn it. Mackie's back! Your worst fears are realized. I have returned with a better mic, hopefully. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, last time you forgot to switch over to the uh, your actual mic, so... Yeah. yeah, it was the whole thing. Anyway. Back in our popular Lookwell episode. Yes. So, this week, we watched a very strange show called The Pits. Yeah. Yeah, we did. It's uh, it's pretty strange. So, it was a Fox show, and it aired from March 2003 to April 2003, and it only got to air five of its seven episodes. Yep. And um, a quick disclaimer for, for us is, I know you we usually watch the pilots. Uh, we couldn't really find the pilot, uh, so we had to resort to the second episode, um, A Bug's Wife. <laughs> yes, it's called A Bug's Wife, which I appreciated. <laughs> It's actually it's actually a really funny title. A lot of their titles were puns. Yeah. Except for the pilot, because I was just called Pilot. What uh the third episode I'm looking at right now <clears throat> is called Square Wolves. Uh didn't they use that in What We Do in the Shadows? Have you seen that? I have not seen that. Oh no, I'm thinking of Square Wolves. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So uh this show starred Dylan Baker as the dad, Bob Pitts, and Lizzie Kaplan was the daughter, Faith Pitt. And then there was Liz Pitt, who is the wife, and Petey Pitt, who is the son. They're not really big-name actors, but they're there. The title sequence is very bizarre. It starts off with like them harmonizing, saying, The pits, the pits, the pits! And then the screen explodes and goes off into weird, weird shit. Like werewolves, dinosaurs, the VW from this episode. It's basically just clips from... All the episodes. It, it kind of makes you wonder, what is this show about? <laughs> is it is it a family show, but there's dinosaurs? It's supposed to be played as though it's like just a normal family show. And this just happens to every family, but like the weirdest shit happens to them. Yeah. Well, the, uh, according according to the Wikipedia, it, it isn't that weird shit happens to them. It's that they're unlucky. They're supposed to have some sort of bad luck, which... I don't know if I would even call this bad luck. I think you describing it as weird shit happens to them might be more accurate because, boy, this, it just kind of, it kind of does whatever it wants, <laughs> this show. Yeah, and we'll get, we'll get into something later about this show after we recap the episode. But, uh, it starts off with Bob walking in going, bills, bills, bills. We keep getting bills mail. Because it's supposed to be a funny goof. I will say, I did not once laugh during this entire episode. It was that kind of show. I uh, I laughed once, but we'll get we'll get to it. Uh, it is, however, it is not shy to put its own uproarious laugh track over it, <laughs> like obnoxious laugh track. It's pretty obnoxious. It's like Big Bang Theory levels of just like, oh my god, you guys think you're so funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those. One of those shows. So, Bob finds a free cereal sample that he gets in the mail, and he eats it, and it turns out it's got 105% peanuts in it, and he's allergic to peanuts. So, they throw him on the table, 
stab him with an EpiPen. And as he wakes up, he goes, maybe Bill's gay, Bill the neighbor, because he reads a lot of cat fancy. <laughs> this is, this show's dumb. <laughs> yep. I don't know who wrote this show, but I will find you. Actually, one of the people behind this show, one of the creators, is Mike Scully. What has Mike Scully done? He was uh, behind a lot of the Simpsons from like 98 to 2001 or 96 from to 2001. He was a showrunner for the Simpsons. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Grew up in West Springfield, Massachusetts. Yeah. Uh, he worked on Everybody Loves Raymond, co-developed Napoleon Dynamite. So this is a guy that, that has some street cred. He's done things. Welcome back to Mac Reads Wikipedia. I'm your host, Ed. I'm just I'm just interested. <laughs> All right. So uh, the son, Petey, comes in and asks if he can get a ride to the dump. And they ask him why. And he says, why do you need a reason to go to the dump? Which apparently is good enough for them. And then Faith and Petey argue because she needs the car to go babysit. Essentially, this whole argument like devolves into... Both of them saying the family needs two cars. And Faith's reasoning is if she gets a car, she can drive to rich people neighborhoods and babysit rich babies. And that doesn't work on them. So she says, okay, well, if we don't get another car, I'll start hitchhiking in short shorts. And then Petey comes in and goes, me too. And, you know, there's a huge, huge can laugh track. And Bob goes, okay, fine, but nobody wears shorts. So the deal is that Faith has to earn 50% of the payment for the car, and they'll match her 50%. So we cut to Faith counting all of her money, and Petey strolls on in. Well, b- before before this, he uh, she had some other thing that she was raising money for that they were going to match. Uh, do you rem- yes, uh, Barbie's Dream House. Barbie's Dream House, which kind of kind of dates the show. <laughs> But continue. very much. Yeah. So Petey strolls on in. And he's like, oh, how much you got? And she goes, not nearly enough. And Petey goes, oh, well, I got a G note right here. Wait, G is a thousand, right? And that was supposed to be a joke. Can't laugh track. But to me, that was just that was just an educational moment to me because I could not remember if a C note was a hundred or a G note was a hundred. The more you know. The more you know. Do 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 do. So. Uh, PD says, okay, well, if you want this thousand dollars, you have to give me unlimited rides. No questions asked. Okay, fine. What else? Wait, I could have gotten more. Womp womp. And they go downstairs, tell the parents like, hey, I got a thousand dollars. Let's go get a car. And they ask her how she got it. Well, I got it from PD. Well, PD, how'd you get it? Oh, I doubled all my money gambling. And the dad just goes, way to go, sport. And the mom's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Our son has this horrible crippling gambling addiction. That's being uh, allowed to happen and encouraged. Yeah. So after that, we cut to the car lot. And he, Bob is looking at this really boxy looking car. It's It costs uh, $1,995. So it's in the budget. And he's like, look at this. It's so safe and boxy. But Faith is smitten with a VW bug which is $3,000, $29.99 to be more specific. And he says, well, that's out of our price range. And then there's basically like a star wipe transition over the sticker, and it changes to 2000 
this this is when the show kind of goes off the rails right about here yeah what's weird though so this show gets very bizarre what's weird to me is i read this the description for the pilot episode and it sounds like just a normal sitcom pilot the sitcom like the the first episode is oh bob hires a babysitter but it turns out it's the girl he stood up for prom oh geez what it is now is a more uh have i i might have brought this up last episode have you ever seen man seeking woman mm-hmm. it's kind of like those uh outrageous concepts kind of brought to life uh in like this very surreal way but it's played as other normal yeah but it's not really presented that way at first and as you said the pilot doesn't do that so i don't i don't really know yeah it's just bizarre so bob caves and goes okay fine you can get the vw bug and this is when the weird shit more weird shit happens the bumper curves up and smiles yeah so (laughs) yeah it's uh it's herbie folks it's herbie too electric bumper lou (laughs) So she starts washing the car, and it starts moaning, which creeped me the fuck out. (laughs) And it smiles again. And Bob and Liz come out and go, we got an emergency kit for you. It's got jumper cables. It's got an emergency life raft. And she's like, why why would I need an emergency life raft? And he says, I used mine three times already. So she gets into the car, and Petey jumps in and goes... Oh, remember, you got to give me unlimited rides. And he pulls out a list of places that they need to go. First stop to the health club to laugh at the fat guys. So, you know, golden child. Can we can we talk about the green screen for this scene as well? Oh, my God, it was horrible. (laughs) It was really bad. This took place in 2003. It was worse than when Seinfeld would drive. Yeah, it's it's worse than like some 50s films where you're like, okay, well, that's green screen. It was so bad. Did they blow their budget on Dylan Baker? I have no idea. So they're, uh, you know, driving along and a fake radio announcement about a robot fighting some someone on the street they're crossing goes off and Petey goes, oh, there's that street. And he jumps out and then the radio goes, oh, geez, I thought I'd never get rid of him. And it turns out this is a haunted car and that's why he can talk and do all this shit. And it starts talking to Faith, and when she finds out he's haunted, she goes, oh, I don't want a haunted car. I already own a haunted cello. Which we'll see later. (laughs) Which we do see later. (laughs) And the car, who calls himself VW, very appropriate name considering he's a VW bug, he goes, well, I mean, you can't tell your parents that I'm a haunted car, because if you tell your parents, they'll take me away, and then you're just a pretty girl riding a bus. And she goes... You think I'm pretty? Yeah. It's one of those. One of those situations. Can we can we talk really quick about the voice of this car? It's like some... It was kind of like this Chris Rock, Chris Tucker type character. You know what it reminded me of? Remember the live action Inspector Gadget movie? <laughs> yeah. The hit film Inspector Gadget and Inspector Gadget 2, where the car talks. It sounded exactly like that car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Although, Inspe- you know, maybe this exists in the same universe as Inspector Gadget. It wouldn't be too far-fetched. I guess so. Kind of kind of escaped from Inspector Gadget's lair. He's like, oh, I'm free. Yeah. And then kind of broke. I'm free. Up. I'm tired of that dog pissing on me. What's interesting about this car is the car seems to not only be able to talk 
and control its like doors and stuff, which we'll figure out, we'll find later. But it also drives by itself. So it's kind of interesting that it, it ended up in this car lot in the first place. I don't quite know how it got there, if it could just drive it on its own. You know, I'm wondering if Michael Bay was a fan of the pits, and that was the inspiration for the Bumblebee scene in Transformers 1. <laughs> Make a lot of sense. It would. So uh, she goes, okay, well, I'll keep you, but I'll tell you what I told the cello. No funny business unless it's in front of me. And he says, a very distasteful joke. He says, don't worry, I'm German. If anyone knows how to follow orders, it's me. Canned laughter. Yeah. I felt uncomfortable. So, the reason that she left earlier in the car was to go pick up packing tape and bring it to her parents' business. And she realizes that she forgot to do that. And the car's like, oh, nah, just relax. And she goes, yeah, you know what, you're right. If I'm a few minutes late, it's not the end of the world. Hard cut to the pit's business, which is mailboxes and more, comma, plus. And people are freaking out inside. They got open boxes and they need tape. And Liz throws bubble wrap to kind of distract them. Then Faith pulls up. I actually I actually really like the timing of this bubble wrap scene. Uh, I, I do. Th- I think I think there's some I'll get into this at the end, but I do think there are good ideas in this show there are good ideas they're just not executed well yeah but uh this was a joke i thought i thought landed okay uh was they throw they throw the bubble bubble wrap and you hear it off screen it popping and then it slowly pops and they go oh no and they realize they just ran out of their pop uh (laughs) it's all been used up once you pop you can't stop until you run out of bubble wrap cute little little joke so Faith pulls up with the car, and there's no parking spot, so he goes, I'll just circle around the block until you get back. And she says, oh, well, don't leave me. And as she walks away, he goes, oh, I ain't ever leaving you. And the license plate changes from whatever normal license plate number it was to say, I heart Faith. And it uh, it kind of, there's like the, the dramatic music, like, dun, not necessarily this, but very dun, dun, dun. Yeah, very much that tone. So she goes inside, and then she says the only joke that almost got me to laugh, but it didn't. It was just almost there. She goes, goes hey, guys, it's kind of it's kind of dead in here. Well, yeah, all of our competition's having a busy day. You're supposed to be here at noon. And she looks at one of the clocks in the background and goes, well, it's noon in Tokyo. Almost like a it's five o'clock somewhere type of vibe. Yeah, it's high noon somewhere in the world. So... It cuts to her sleeping, and a ladder goes up to her window, and the car rolls up the ladder, and we see its headlights, and as she, like, shuffles in her bed, he, like, rolls back down. You know, like, creepy stalker car. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like a, it's, it's kind of equivalent to the car or anyone holding a boombox above and being like, come back to me. Yeah, it's almost like if Herbie was, like, an angsty teen. <laughs> which i think is a pretty fun concept uh, i'm i'm okay with the idea herbie fully loaded too so wasn't there a fully loaded too no nah, it was just fully loaded hold on now i got this idea stuck in my head hold up we'll get back to the episode in a second do you think it would be like a prequel where herbie is going through car puberty 
Like he accidentally wakes up in the middle of the night because his uh, windshield wiper fluid accidentally went off. Oh, that'd be awesome. I, I think I would. I'm more interested in this car than these people that <laughs> that we're following around. We could have a car spin off. That'd be awesome. I'm totally down. It's like uh, the cousin of Christine. So the next scene is her walking outside to get ready for school. And it turns out she's supposed to give a guy she likes a ride to school. And the car's kind of jealous, but he doesn't kind of like tell her that. He goes, oh, well, you should probably change then. Your uh, butt looks big in those pants. And she goes, okay, I'll be right back. And the guy, Colin, shows up. And the VW goes like, oh, it's me, Faith's brother. Come over here for a second. It's me, Petey. And as he kind of like crouches down, he slams the door into Colin. Faith comes out and goes, oh, Colin's not here yet. Well, he was here. And then he got in a car with girls with small butts. And he encourages Faith to skip school. And we get a montage of them playing frisbee, swinging, watching fireworks, and a song comes on going, I'm in love with an automobile, and I know it's in love with me. I, I, and it's all green screen. <laughs> even, even like the when they throw a frisbee. Like. Yeah, it's like very, like, it was entire green, not like partial green screen, not like, oh, we have like, fake grass on the ground and then a park background in the green screen they were standing on a green screen <laughs> i wonder if it was a creative decision it, to me it seems like a budget decision it seemed like yeah. they had no money and we're just we're like fuck it let's just do this <laughs> i mean it was early 2000s fox so you're not far off yeah so they uh roll on back to the driveway and she makes a comment like, oh, first time I get into the back of a guy's car, and he is the car, ha ha ha. And her parents are there waiting for her, and she makes up a lie saying, oh, sorry, I was out past curfew, there was a van full of senior citizens that was in an accident. She gets caught in the lie, and they tell her that she's no longer allowed to drive because she's not responsible enough, and they slap a for sale sign on the VW. The car shocks Bob and then squirts him with oil. This is when we cut to Faith in her room. And we hear very sad music playing and a zoom on her. And then it cuts to the haunted cello because the haunted cello is playing the music. And much like say anything, the rock starts like chucking rocks at her window somehow. And she goes down to talk to the car. He pops up in his glove compartment and gives her a diamond ring. Diamond ring. And he's like, oh, well, look at this. I want to propose to you. And she says, where'd you get a diamond ring? Uh, it, it fell off a truck. So, Petey shows up, and she's just like, what are you doing out here at this time of night? He goes, burying stuff. He's a very, he's supposed to be like a very Bart Simpson type character, if Bart Simpson was a sociopath. Yeah, and he has like the 90s haircut, like the, the Guy Ferrari. <laughs> kind of. Guy Ferrari? <laughs> it's, a, it's a car, because we're talking about cars. Yeah. Welcome to Cars 4. I'm Guy Ferrari. <laughs> Welcome to Drive-Ins, Drive-Ins, and Drive-Ins. I'm a car. I can only go to Drive-Ins. Um, I'm surprised they don't have a character. <laughs> He's got flame decals. <laughs> yeah. So, Petey finds out that the car can talk and asks him if he knows the Batmobile. And he kind of does the same door thing, like pushes him away. And the car kidnaps Faith and brings her to Vegas so they can get married. The family goes and chases after. They go to 
a drive through chapel called Bride and Vroom. I did appreciate the pun. The guy pronounces them car and wife. And the rest of the pits get there, but they're too late. And they jump on the car. Car starts driving up to Luxor. PD breaks off the antenna and pops the lock. Bob falls off. And as they're driving up towards the light on top of the Luxor Hotel in Vegas, they all jump. And the car drives into the light and explodes. This is the part where I laughed. Because they don't refer to it as a light. They refer to it as a laser beam. And it's not a laser beam. <laughs> for those who are not familiar with the Luxor. Remember, if you if you are familiar with the uh, famous magician Chris Angel, he floated in it once. Yeah. And I did air quotes, but those don't work in an audio medium. <laughs> Insert air quotes. <laughs> so they go home all disheveled. And they go, listen, if any inanimate object talks to you again, tell us. And Petey goes, well, what if something was talking to us but doesn't anymore? And they go, what do you mean? And a creepy doll makes like a shushing motion towards him. And he goes, never mind. He doesn't, he doesn't shush. It, it has a head and it pulls off the head. Of, Does it pull off the head? I thought so. Of like a smaller doll. And he's like, that might have been what happened. Uh, and he was like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. And that's how the episode ends. So we're going to take a quick little break, and then we'll be back. Hi, I'm Drew. I'm Nate. And I'm Tanner. And we are the hosts of Headline Heroes. Every week we take a bizarre, out there article. Germans build underground pipeline for beer. And attempt to create a superhero or villain. The obvious one is that they have a giant robot that runs off of beer. Along the way we discuss powers, design a costume, and of course, struggle with a name. Graham Graham Sam Sam? No, no. Graham Graham Sam Sam? No! And inevitably we get off subject and talk about the really important stuff. I did go to Bill Engvall's website and i just want to tell you a couple of things i'm seeing here. please do i wish you would but we always arrive with the super creation we are proud of join headline heroes every tuesday as we try to make reality a little more super all right so mac yeah had this show godforsakenly moved on <laughs> what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen and before you get started i do want to mention because this will play into my series finale pitch this show was almost picked up again as an animated series in 2007. They had Dylan Baker and Lizzie Kaplan like attached for their roles to reprise, and it was going to be a Fox animated series, but it just never ended up happening. But you can continue. Sorry for interrupting. So you seem to be to to not like it at all, pretty much on a, on any level, probably on some level. I I didn't mind it. It's no look well. Conceptually, it works. As an animated series, I think it would have done well. I think they would have been able to play into their crazy desires they wanted to do, where it's just like really out there. It's It, it was just kind of bizarre where they didn't have the budget to do the things they wanted to do. So it like, it, it kind of, the, the out there ideas kind of seem half-assed in a way. Right. Um, But I didn't mind it. And I think the core of it, is uh based on mac reading wikipedia is that it's uh <laughs> it's bad luck is what it is yeah it's it's them kind of uh, at least according to this episode starts off as this good luck where it's like oh and now we have a car you know normal family thing there it's a normal family uh activity and then they're greeted with this like otherworldliness uh of bad luck along with this normal thing that everyone does so, I only have two ideas, or two two ideas. But uh, 
the first one is they win the lotto. Hey, there you go. They win the lotto, or maybe they win like this vacation trip or something like that. Um, however, it's to Russia. Oh no! So they all, <laughs> so they all go to Russia. Uh, they get involved with the mob. Uh, they have to give information to the U.S. in order to be granted freedom. And I think it really uh, would be a fun thing to see them kind of deal with those Russian stereotypes, uh, the cold. And uh, have you ever seen Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? I have watched the first 10 minutes. Okay. At a certain point, all the... They all win trips to go to to like these horrible places like Russia and things like that because he has to do like Secret Service type stuff, um, some CIA kind of uh, breach and stuff like that. Um, so I think that would that would really lend to the themes of this show, is having them kind of go to Russia, and uh, just kind of playing with the ideas there. I dig it. What if like the kid is like a sleeper agent or something? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. See, and I think I think that would be some really fun stuff where and they could even come back uh to to you know, the US and wherever they live, Springfield or something like that. And uh he's still like the sleeper agent. I don't know if they ever planned on making this a any sort of interconnected between each episode, but it'd be kinda of funny where every time he hears like popsicle, he like just in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gets into this trance and like you see him trading with someone in an alley or something like that. I dig it. Yeah, I think that'd be really fun. Um, and then my uh, my series or season finale idea. Uh, can It can be a one episode. I think it would work better as a two episode mm. uh, sort of thing. But um, they find a monkey's paw. And uh, they're able to grant wishes through the monkey's paw. And I think it'd be sort of those uh, be careful what you wish for type of episodes where they all wish for something that helps their character. Um, so some examples of that include the daughter wishes for a boy, uh, you know, because she's lonely. And uh, he ends up being really clingy and like on her all the time. And she's like wants her space and he always shows up no matter where she looks. Um Son wishes to be in a video game, uh, but is kind of having difficulty with he keeps dying and is trying to get to the end of the level. I think there's some hijinks there. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, the mother wishes to be on a vacation, uh, gets put in like this prehistoric times and has to has to like survive on her own and becomes this like uh, caveman type character where she's kind of like Jumanji, where he comes out of Jumanji and is like... <laughs> struggling to to live with real life and it's kind of structured for for uh the the jungle and stuff like that now when you say uh prehistoric times do you mean like actual prehistoric times or like some kind of like restaurant like medieval times <laughs> where everybody's just gonna dress up like t-rexes i'm sure the way they would film it because of their budget it would be just people dressed up as t-rexes <laughs> <laughs> which actually would might be kind of funny um, it could be kind of like a, the show Dinosaur, where <laughs> they're literally dressed up like like dinosaurs, but they're like bipedal <laughs> and stuff like that. But then the actual terrifying monsters you never really see. They're kind of like a shadow off to the side. Yeah. Um, however, the father, and this is why I think it should be either a series or a season finale, the father refuses to wish 
uh, because he believes in the value of hard work. <laughs> so, so they're all having these horrible things, and he's you know working his ass off at uh, at his packing company. Um, however, when they're all distracted and when they're not looking, uh, he does wish. He wishes for something on the monkey's paw. He wishes his family was happy. Ah, and uh, then that breaks the curse, and then they're out. Uh, there, the the sun goes away. The the mother comes back from prehistory. The son wishes uh, gets out of the video game stuff like that. See, when you say like he values hard work, so he wants to work for everything, I imagine like a montage of like everybody in their own thing, and him like just wrapping like packages, and all of a sudden you see that journey song. The someday love will find you. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like he's working really hard. That actually might be a really funny contrast. Is they're like outlandish. Uh, adventures that they're each of them are having and like he gets a paper cut or something <laughs> yeah he's like how <laughs> <laughs> could probably uh buff up the daughter one that was just a quick idea on what the daughter yeah. would wish for um but i think that might lead to some really funny uh contrast between the four stories that are going on yeah i dig it i feel like that could definitely be like a season finale or a series finale yeah so, my two pitches, one's got a guest star. So, we all know Pee Wee Herman had, like, a huge... Well, Paul Rubens, not Pee Wee Herman. Paul Rubens is, of course, the man who portrays Pee Wee Herman. He had a bit of a snafu with the law, and and he kind of retired the Pee Wee character for a little bit. But then he started kind of, like, gradually bringing him back. So, I feel like this would have been his outlet for trying to bring Pee Wee back. Such a ridiculous show. It'd be like the Pitts Playhouse. Yeah, the Pitts Playhouse, exactly. <laughs> like, Pee-wee comes to visit. Pee-wee is like Bob's cousin or something, the father. And he, like, thinks that the wife is into him and, like, flirting with him when she's clearly not. And, like, he, like, redecorates the whole house, like, with his Pee-wee's Playhouse thing. Like, he's got the talking couch. The couch will make a joke like, oh, I don't want your ass in my face, that type of thing. And... Meanwhile, Pee-wee is going to be asking Petey and Faith, the kids, like, hey, what what is your mom like? And they'll say something like chocolates, long walks on the beach and leather. So Pee-wee's going to like try and seduce her one night and he's going to be just like laying naked on the couch and she's going to walk in and she's going to be like, oh, my God. And in place of his dinker, he's going to have one of those like peanut cans that has fake snakes in it <laughs> and like the snakes are going to pop out and he's going to be like, Oh, look, a snake and some nuts. Ha, he. That was my <laughs> impeccable Pee Wee Herman impression. Bravo, bravo. Thank you. So Bob's going to come in and be like, what's going on here? And Pee Wee's just going to be like, I'm sorry. I thought she was into me. And Bob's going to like do something like, oh, no, she's into uh, Roger the Mailman, but she has to wait for Swingers Night. And the episode's just going to end basically before the credits. There's going to be a post-credits scene. But before the credits, he's going to be like, Ah, you said the secret word! And, like, Swingers is gonna pop up on screen. And now that he said the secret word, he has broken the Pee-wee curse, and Pee-wee can now leave. And he goes on to jack off in another movie theater. Well, actually, that's how it ends. So, there's gonna be a post credit scene where, like, parents come in and ask the kids, like, Oh, where'd, uh, Cousin Pee-wee go? Oh, I think he got arrested for jerking his gherkin at a porno theater. And the dad's just gonna be like, psh, hate when that happens. And they all, like, mug the camera. 
So that's one of my episodes. All right. I did give it a name. It's going to be called I'm Her Man, like Her Man and Herman. And then I do have a series finale that would connect it into an animated series. So the pits are having a New Year's Eve party and nobody like comes and they're kind of depressed about that. And as the ball drops, they count down. Once the countdown ends, they notice like slowly things in their room are turning animated. But like just kind of like slowly like, oh, look, a flower just turned animated. So they, they're just like, OK, that's weird. But, you know, weird shit's happened to us before. Next day, the mailman comes by and he's just totally animated. And like the dad's going to be like, oh, you look different. Did you get a haircut? Like that kind of stupid joke, can laughter. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. And as the series ends, everything just gets animated. And the, the son's going to come in and be like, I figured out what happened. Fox cut our budget. And they figured outsourcing animation would be cheaper than live action. And they're like, well, I guess this is our lives now. And then there could be a joke like, oh, Petey, you sound different. Yeah, they kind of blew the budget on Lizzie Kaplan and Dylan Baker. So they recast everybody else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this show's depressing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The, the... I think that's a good idea. I think both of your pitches are, are very good ideas. It's just the the I don't know. I feel like there was a the little... show itself yeah, the show, is horrible. Yeah, it's just like ugh. it does, and that's that's what sucks about it. It has potential, you know. The idea of yeah. of some family getting getting really unlucky is like whoa there, and it looks like Mike Scully and I think his wife uh, Julie Thatcher. Uh, they seem to write a majority of these episodes. So this was like their personal project. They're like, all right, I have this idea. This is it. And it just didn't come together. Yeah, like I love the concept of it. And I figure with those two behind it, it would have been like a home run. Yeah. But it just, in execution, it didn't, didn't do it. Do you have any final thoughts on the pits? I mean, not really. I think like we could connect it to the Spider-Man universe if like maybe Bob Pitt changes his name and chops off his arm and shows up as the professor as Kurt Connors from Spider-Man 2. Yeah, if people don't know who Dylan Baker is, he's that guy where you're like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, but not the other guy that you're like, oh, that's that guy. It's the other other one. Yeah. <laughs> and did any of any of the other people go on to do anything? Like, did the kids go on to? I mean, anything? Lizzie Kaplan. She's pretty famous. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's like, the only thing I, that comes up like to my head right now is Now You See Me Too, the hit film. Uh, because that's literally... Oh, she was yeah. in Mean Girls. Yeah, she was in Mean Girls, too. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't recognize her. Yeah, she's in... Do you think the car... Do you think the car went on to do anything? Um, I like to think that since Herbie Fully Loaded came out, and I want to say 2004 or 2005, that it was the same car. And he was just very, very quiet during the whole filming. <laughs> he was embarrassed. He was embarrassed. He's like, if I, if I, if I talk, they'll know who I am. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan can't know my secret. <laughs> what a what a bizarre TV show. So uh, that's the pits. So uh, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. 
Uh, follow us on Twitter. We're at Unaired Podcast. Follow our Instagram at Unaired Podcast. Check out our website, unairedpodcast.com. Uh, check out check out our Facebook. Just search Unaired Podcast. We'll show up. Uh, I do all those things. You will do all those things. I've hypnotized you. <laughs> Every time I snap my fingers three times and slap my butt. Would you kindly? Yes. So, uh, Mac, do you have any final things? Not really. I wish I wish the show was better. I wish... Uh... I, I like. I think uh, Man Seeking Woman kind of does what they were trying to do, but more successfully with their outlandish uh, sort of concepts, with better budget, more practical effects, and better actors. <laughs> better actors, <laughs> just like pretty much across the board. Uh, I think I'm not a big fan of sitcoms in general, so I think just the idea that it's a sitcom and not like a one camera show. Boy, did you pick the great show to guest on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I got to say about the pits. Uh, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Capen Creative, C-A-P-E-N Creative. And, uh, maybe one month I'll even tweet from it. One month, but you got to follow him. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tweet for every, every follower I get. Yes. Every single follower he gets, he's going to, he's going to tweet out one clue that's going to solve <laughs> the murder of his family a clue a clue <laughs> i got a raging clue so uh thanks for listening i'm ed i'm mac and just remember some things are better left unaired bye holy sidetracking guys the train just came off the tracks <laughs> be sure to follow the derailers on twitter at the derailers and make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube so you can catch the episode next week, folks. Same derailment time, same derailment channel. <laughs>